0: Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly.
2: Most Tuesdays are just Tuesdays, except at Buffalo Wild Wings, where Tuesdays are Wing Tuesdays. But now even Wing Tuesdays aren't just Wing Tuesdays, because Wing Tuesdays are half-price Wing Tuesdays, which means your boring Tuesday that became Wing Tuesday now costs you half as much. In case you're confused, we have half-price Wing Tuesdays. We do it for you. Buffalo Wild Wings.
1: Wings, beer, sports. Prices and participation vary. See participating locations for details. Void were prohibited.
3: Welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit for a free contest entry today. And that day, of course, is March 30th, 2016. I'm DJ Trainer, joined on this Wednesday by Benny Ricciardi. You can find me on Twitter at TrainerDJ. You can find Benny at BennyR11. Of course, you probably know this by now, but this podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher, also Audio Boom. You can also find it on the RotoWire website directly. You can also find all of our other websites. Like I've said over the last couple of weeks, MLB season is heating up, and we've got a few different podcasts for you to check out if you are diving into MLB like Benny and I are. Feel free to leave a nice review on one of those venues. You know we'd love to have it. Here's the deal on this podcast me and Benny are going to run through the box scores from Tuesday, then we're going to jump into a little DFS talk specifically DraftKings for tonight's slate of games on Wednesday. Uh Benny, uh how's it going man?
1: Eh, it's going a little crazy. I uh have all my kids home from school today, so it's um it's been an interesting day to say the least.
3: Yeah, we got to keep it short here. We got a father of the year's got to get back to his duties, so uh Hopefully, uh, we're using, we had to kind of makeshift a little Skype session here with Benny, so hopefully the uh, the call quality will stay good throughout, but you sound good to me now, Benny, so let's do it. All right, let's go. All right, so this probably the most interesting game from last night. Houston Rockets beat the the Cleveland Cavaliers one hundred six to one hundred in Cleveland. No LeBron James last night. they you know, even though the Toronto Raptors are just two and a half games back, it seems like the Cavaliers are going to go into rest mode. I was expecting a little bit more from Kevin Love. He did get you a triple du- or not a triple double, a low double double. Thirteen points, eleven rebounds. Kyrie Irving though is is the kind of the breadwinner. Thirty one points. Eight assists. I was disappointed more so than anybody from J.R. Smith because he's who he's the guy who runs the second team offense when Love is off the court, when Irving is off the court, you know, when LeBron doesn't play. Um, were you expecting more out of J.R. Smith last night, or was I kind of believing something I shouldn't have?
1: No, I actually I actually wrote him up as well yesterday, and you know sometimes things just don't work out, but y- you got to think about the process that you use to get there along the way he still played 34 minutes last night. Now, if you told me I'm going to get 34 minutes out of J.R. Smith, and he was cheap on every single Daily Fantasy site yesterday, you know, if I knew that LeBron's out and J.R. Smith's going to play 30 minutes, I would have bet a lot of money that he was going to get you, you know, 25, 30 fantasy points and be a decent value for you. So, you know, you're upset at the result that you get, but the process is still the same. Like, I, I always try to put those two things and kind of separate them is like, did I make the right decision with the information I had at 6.59? And if you told me I was going to get 30-something minutes out of Jr. Smith, which is what both you and I were thinking yesterday, and there was going to be no LeBron James in a high-paced game against the Houston Rockets, I still think using him was the right call to make. Obviously, it didn't work out that, that way, but again, you know, it's not always going to work out for us. The idea is to put yourself in the best spots all the time, and I still think that that was the right spot and the right move to make, so... Yeah, it cost us some money last night, but you know, if I get the same situation again next week, I'd probably do the same exact thing.
3: Yeah, I I can't agree with you more. Six shots, I just can't believe it. Somebody with the mentality that J.R. Smith has. I mean, J.R. Smith thinks he's the best player on the court regardless of who he's playing against or playing alongside. And for him to only take six shots when LeBron isn't playing, I don't know. I think that's a... I don't want to call it a cornerstone in his career or or a turning stone but uh, I would say it was a bit odd for me um but I'll shake it off we'll both shake it off we'll we'll move on from it I suppose
1: Yeah I mean you know it like you said it is one of those things when when LeBron's out you always want to look to Kyrie and um Kevin Love you got to think that those are going to be the two guys to pick up the slack Kyrie hadn't actually been playing all that well over the last week or two so again even in that situation you know love was the right play and it's not like you or I was alone I mean if you look at the ownership rates on your tournaments from those guys last night you know I think love was like 60 70 percent in tournaments right. not even in cash games cash games he was almost 80 percent on some sites with uh you know the pricing that he had at a little bit of a discount so again you know I still think you did the you did the right analysis you made the right move this game just did not turn out the way that most people expected I mean I think most people thought Love and JR would be the beneficiaries, and it was actually Shumpert and and Irving who wound up doing all the damage.
3: Yeah, fair enough. Let's look at the other side of this game, the Rockets. Um, you know, Harden did his thing, he gave you twenty seven points, six rebounds, eight assists, no surprises there. He he's matchup proof. You can play him against anybody, I in in my opinion. But Dwight Howard, I just I don't know what to think of this guy um from you know like a real life perspective, from a fantasy perspective. You'd think that he'd want to go out there and prove that he's still one of the best players in the NBA, at least one of the best centers in the NBA. He only attempts three shots last night. He goes to the foul line twenty two times, converts seven, ends up with a box score of eleven. 11 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 blocks. Still pretty nice in terms of fantasy, but what's your pulse on Dwight Howard, and is he just too risky to use night in, night out?
1: Yeah, I'm not playing him anymore at this point. He he seems incredibly disinterested for a guy whose team is basically fighting for a playoff spot. But with that being said, that's also the reason why I'm a big fan of Harden and Ariza and Beverly. You know, you're looking at three guys that are playing, you know, 35 to forty minutes right now Harden has played over 40 minutes in the last five games they are the they are in the eighth seed as of like you know this exact moment but they're hanging on by like half a game or or, or one game at the most so for me for the rest of this season you know you're going to get James Harden out there on the floor you know he's going to be out there on the floor you know basically they've showed us 40 minutes and he's always been a guy who's been a high per minute producer So, if you're going to give me 40 minutes out of James Harden, at 30 to 35 minutes, he was getting me 50 points. You know, at 40 minutes, he's getting me close to 60 a game. And that's basically what he's been dropping for us the last, uh, you know, probably about the last week. I think he's got 60 fantasy points in three of his last five games, you know, at least 50 in every one of them. So, right now, I love James Harden. If I have him in season long or even in daily on a nightly basis, I'm trying to figure out a way to get him in there. You know, that's what you got to look at at this point in the season. We're down to where some teams still have something to play for and some teams don't. So you're going to get to situations like Cleveland just saying, "Ah, eh, we'll give LeBron the night off. Or San Antonio saying, eh, we'll give our entire starting five the night <laughs> off. And then you have other teams like Houston where it's, you know, it's all hands on deck and the Stars are playing, you know, not only their normal rotations, but they're getting an extra couple minutes in the beginning of the second quarter. They're coming in a little earlier. They're playing a little deeper into the first. The same thing in the third and the fourth. So... You know, that's what you want to look for right now, the teams that, that still have something to play for because those are the the games where you're going to get a lot of the studs playing big minutes
3: yeah most definitely motivation this time of year is a major factor for fantasy purposes especially so you're looking at some teams in the west who have a lot to play for right now trailblazers utah jazz houston rockets dallas mavericks all hovering around that six to nine seed in the west if we look at the east um, some of those teams that still have a lot of motivating factors and obviously seeding is important but i, I love to look at you know the last playoff spot because those are The team's really, really gunning for it. Yeah, Wizards, Bulls, Pacers, Pistons. And you know what? Let's just jump into last night's box score because we had two of those teams here fighting for playoff contention. The Bulls end up winning 98 to 96, a really good win for them. They're still outside of playoff contention right now. They do get a full game closer on the Pacers, but the Pacers are currently locked in as the eighth seed. Bulls two games behind in the ninth seed despite the win last night. In terms of the box score, were you impressed by anything here? Benny I know Miles Turner got into foul trouble ended up with five fouls only ended up playing 16 minutes um, looks like Jimmy Butler is going to continue to play through his knee pain uh, and just push it to the end although he only gave you 14 points four rebounds three assists two steals not terrible but not a great performance from Jimmy Butler considering they did come away with a win Taj Gibson um, had, uh, had an injury he left only played 10 minutes so Nikola Mirotic stepped in 37 minutes 28 points 10 Rebounds. He ended up being probably one of your better fantasy options last night, Um, but it was somewhat unexpected because of the Taj Gibson injury.
1: Yeah, and that's you know that's the thing that you got to take away from this game moving forward. If Taj is banged up and is going to only be playing a couple minutes, if this is going to be an injury that lingers on, you know, like you said, Chicago right now is the nine seed. They're two games, I think, behind Indiana, right? 39 Correct. wins, 37 wins, something like that. I don't know if they have the same number of games played. Maybe it's two and a half, something like that. But um, either way, they have to keep winning. So they're another situation where you're going to play your best players as many minutes as you can. You know, they got a banged-up Derrick Rose. They got a banged-up Jimmy Butler. I like the the numbers that Pau Gasol put up yesterday. It wasn't a great game overall for him, but, you know, he gave you 10 points. He gave you 11 rebounds. He gave you your seven assists. Miritich is one of the few guys on that team that is capable of picking up the scoring load. And I think that with Taj Gibson out now and with Butler banged up and Rose banged up and even Gasol banged up, you know, they're going to need someone to step up. So Miritich is going to be a very interesting name over the course of the next week or so. And again, he played, you know, with Taj Gibson out, he played 36 minutes. So if they're going to give him that kind of minute, when Taj is down, when everybody else is banged up right now. You know, Miritich is a guy that can put up points in 36 minutes. He can put up a nice fantasy stat line for you. And if you play in the daily circles, you know he's a guy who's still pretty cheap because he's basically been a you know sixth or seventh man coming off the bench for the last two weeks, and he's still priced that way. So when their next game rolls around, he's definitely someone you want to have. Uh, you know, you want to have your eye on.
3: Taj Gibson exited that game with a rib contusion. Derek Rose leaves this game with a hyperextended left elbow. So you've got essentially, uh, you know, four starters for the Bulls, very banged up. I, I expect them just to just kind of ride it out. They have to. I believe they have six seasons in a row of them making the playoffs. That might be the second longest in the league behind the Spurs. So a lot to play for there. A lot to play for for Chicago. Although you know they get into the playoffs, I don't know if anybody's going to give them much of a shot because of these injuries and because of their inconsistencies this year. Uh, let's keep a moving here, Benny. The Magic hang up 139 against the Nets. Now, I know the Nets aren't good, but 139 for in the NBA team is pretty impressive. The only problem in terms of fantasy is that you didn't really have one player in particular for the Magic take on a whole lot of that workload. Um, you have your leading scorer for the Magic is, is Nicholson, and he gives you 24 points, and I doubt many people had exposure to him. He goes nine for nine from the field. I think the best... You know the most lucrative option that you could have had for the Magic was uh, Alfred Payton who gives you 11 points, 5 rebounds, 12 assists, and 2 steals. Otherwise, it's pretty weird to see 139 hung up on a team and not necessarily one blowout performance or one singular performance from um, from somebody on that same team.
1: Yeah, you know, I think part of the reason for that is this game got ugly quick and then just never got any better. So they really you know, the starters came in, they played, and then you know, the the second team came in, and I mean, it was just, it was decided so early that I think they just decided, well, let's use this as a game to kind of get some rest for our, you know, the guys that have been logging big minutes. Because if you look at the game log, basically everybody played between 20 and 25 minutes last night. Yeah. So those... they basically, yeah, they basically just split it down the middle, and they didn't really have to worry about putting the starters back in late, because they were blowing them out by what was the final 40 or something like that
3: yeah something ridiculous i mean at halftime it was 73 to 45 so yeah <laughs> the game That's was
1: they, they didn't need to keep their foot on the pedal in the second half so i wouldn't take too much away i wouldn't look at this and be like oh i gotta go get an andrew nicholson for that you know last week run i'm about to make in my season long league you know it's it's just one of those things that happen i think what you take away from it is the nets are that bad and uh you know i don't think orlando's that good so i wouldn't expect orlando to hang up another 140 although i wouldn't put it by whoever's playing the nets again in the next 2 weeks to hang up 140 cuz they are that bad
3: charlotte hornets beat the philadelphia 76ers 100 to 85 nice 15 point win For The Hornets as they take care of business Their record now moves to 43 In 31 looking at The NBA standings in the east of course They're sitting in that Sixth seed it looks like they have the edge Over the Pistons, Pacers, Bulls, Wizards For one of the spots Um, So it's potential I mean it's possible That they could rest um, some Of their guys although I will say they're only a game Back of the Hawks who are the three seed So a lot of variability moving forward Nick Batum gives you a triple double He's been really threatening a triple double Double for the last couple months and finally he gets one he started out the year i think he was a triple double leader there for a couple months uh 19 points 12 rebounds 12 assists a steal very good night for him you look at this Sixers squad if you had to pick one option on this philadelphia 76ers to use you're only allowed to use in dfs one of these guys moving forward who's the most lucrative option for the rest of the season on philadelphia
1: Oh, for me, right now, it's Ish Smith, and it's not even a question. Okay. You know, he didn't ha- yeah, he didn't have a great game here, but if you look back at some of his recent games, I think uh, over the weekend, he put up like a 46 and a 50 in yeah, back-to-back games. Yeah, he did. Games. Yeah, so, you know, for and especially for the price, because he's below 6K right now. So at below 6K, you really want to get about 35 points out of the guy over on DraftKings to feel kind of comfortable with him. So if you're getting 50 and 46, this is a guy that's giving you, you know, 11 and 15 points a Above what you would need in order to get to 300 and have a chance to cash in, you know, most of these tournaments, although some of the scores are getting a little big over there lately with, with all these value plays. But, um, you know, Ishmith has been a guy I've been rolling out there. And even in this game with, you know, with them losing, he played 40 minutes. And if you look at what they have around them, they don't have a lot of talent right now on this team. You know, the two best players on the team arguably are probably Okafor and Nerlens Noel. Neither one of them are playing right now. You got guys like, you know, Covington's playing 30 minutes. He's okay. He's not a bad player, but Hollis Thompson playing 30 minutes, Isaiah Kanan playing 30 minutes, Nick Stauskas playing 30 minutes. I mean, when you need to get 30 minutes out of those guys on a nightly basis, you're not going to win many games. So I think that what I take away from this is Ish Smith is probably the only guy on this Philly team that I'd use at this point going forward. With Covington getting a little bit of honorable mention, but you know, unless it's a good matchup, his, he's the, he's actually more expensive than Ish, and I would much rather have Ish than Covington at this point.
3: Nerland's Noel says that he does want to make a return back from his injury at, at some point during the regular season. I'm not sure why the 76ers would allow that to happen, given their overall strategy over the last couple of years. They now have lost. 10 they've lost 10 straight um essentially after last night's game Smith, i can't agree with you more benny um he's a journeyman for whatever reason he just can't stick with a franchise but that's where fantasy and real life diverge because Smith, when seeing you know even 26 to 28 minutes on the court uh he's he's valuable he's just a valuable fantasy mm-hmm. option he, he really racks up production no matter where he's been he had a stint in oklahoma city last year started out the year in new orleans i believe he, he was valuable he's always been valuable
1: yeah, well, Philly actually had him, got rid of him. New Orleans picked him up. And then Philly realized the mistake they made and traded a couple draft picks to New Orleans for him, who probably wishes they didn't make that deal right. at this point because he, he would be kind of what they're missing right now. And also, him and he actually, when he was playing down there in New Orleans and playing well, is actually when Anthony Davis was doing his best. And then he comes over to Philly, and look what he's done to New Orleans' Noel game. Him running that pick and roll with New Orleans' Noel. Has kind of been what you know brought Noel back into fantasy relevance as well when he was in there. So you know, I, I actually like him. I hope he sticks around. And I mean, you know, you look at this Philly team. Like I said, look at this roster. It's not like there's a ton of talent here. So I can't imagine they're bringing in seven players that are going to be better than him next year. So I, I feel like this is something that if you're playing in like a you know dynasty franchise kind of league, I think he's a guy you can get on the cheap that you know can give you production for a couple of years going forward here.
3: Yeah, most certainly. And all accounts is that he's one of the nicer guys in the NBA. So it's not like there's character issues. I um, I don't know. I, I I hope he's sick somewhere too. I will say one of the reasons why Philadelphia was able to give up or willing to give up a couple of picks is because Nerlens Noel like was openly said. You know, he's he's my favorite point guard that I've played with so far, and and it mm-hmm. shows because Noel is you know more involved in the offense. He's not the type of guy who can create his own shot, and so with somebody on like Ish Smith on the court. Um, you know, it just adds a whole new layer to Noel's game, and according according to you, Benny, it, it added a little something to Anthony Davis's game yeah, as well. Yeah, well,
1: Davis Davis said the same thing about him. Davis said he loved playing with him because I guess it's like when he runs that pick and roll, he comes off it really hard, so yeah. he always winds up drawing the big guy to him, and that's exactly the way you're. You know, you teach kids to run a pick and roll because if you can draw the big guy, that 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 now means that your big guy has you know the six foot guard that was guarding you while he's rolling to the basket trying to stay with him. So both guys did the same thing. He would come off that pick and roll, they rolled to the basket, he just throws it up and they go up, get it, dunk it and finish it. So I mean, when you're 6'10", this game's kind of easy.
3: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That's uh, I think that's the most legitimate point you've made all show here, Benny. <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
1: Six-ten and athletic makes makes basketball pretty easy. <laughs> uh,
3: moving on to the next game, the Detroit Pistons get uh, probably a surprising win, I would say, is a good way to classify it. 88-82 over the Oklahoma City Thunder. Of course, Billy Donovan. Doing Van Gundy a favor here by resting Kevin Durant. You'd think, you know, maybe the Thunder could eke out a win still, but Detroit is just too termi- too determined to make the playoffs. Uh, Westbrook plays 35 minutes, but only gives you 24 points, four rebounds, six assists. Yeah, that is a disappointing performance from Westbrook, considering that he was the main option on the court. Took 28 shot attempts, only made eight of them. Next closest on the team was Ennis Cantor with eight and then also Deion Waiters with eight. Kind of a throwaway game here for the Thunder. This is not how it's gonna be. Um, you know, even if they rest Durant again, I don't think that this box score is gonna shake out the way it did this time against Detroit.
1: No, I mean, you know, let's give Detroit a little bit of credit too. I mean sure. they're fighting for they're fighting for their playoff playoff lives, you know. Again, this is another one of those situations that we talked about at the beginning of the show. They actually had something to play for, OKC didn't, and look how the game wound up turning out. And again, like I was saying at the beginning of the show too, you got 37 minutes from KCP, 37 from Morris, 34 from Drummond, 34 from Harris. So the starters are actually out there on the floor a little more than um, you know everybody else is. You got a few less minutes out of uh, Reggie Jackson, but he did have foul trouble. He had four fouls in this game, so I kind of have a feeling that uh, I, I didn't watch it, but I think he got in foul trouble in the first half for a little. So we saw a few extra minutes for Steve Blake. So I wouldn't make too much out of that or, or out of him not putting up any uh, you know any big numbers. But again, you know, you look at a team that had something to play for playing a team that you know doesn't have their foot on the gas right now, and, and this is the kind of result you're going to get from it. So. The Houston's, the Detroit's, the Indiana's, the Portland, Utah, uh, Dallas Mavericks, Chicago, uh, even the Washington Wizards—only a couple games out of it in the East. You know, every game that these teams play, it's it's life or death for them. So, you know, you're going to get a lot of minutes out of the starters. You're going to get a lot of production out of them.
3: Yeah, you mentioned the Washington Wizards. Let's close out the last game of the night here. Wizards put up a good fight against the Warriors, but the Warriors hang on, one hundred two to ninety four. Warriors kind of feeling that pressure of the all time regular season record. They're at 67 and 7 right now. Um, They can only afford, I guess, you know, two more losses if they want to break the record. Of course, they don't want to tie it. And so um, they play the Spurs a couple more times. Wouldn't it be funny if Popovich says, you know, we're going to really put the pressure on you and just kind of like play mental games with you heading into the playoffs? Nonetheless, Wizards. You know, you look at John Wall's box score immediately. That's what you do when you look at the Wizards. He didn't really have a great game, unfortunately for him. Eight points, five rebounds, 11 assists, four blocks, which is pretty nice if you're, you know, really fighting in a rotisserie league at the end of the year or even a head-to-head in the playoffs right now. Um, Nice from him. But overall, disappointing performance. Um, Kind of a ho-hum, really, game in general. Uh, even though it was exciting game to watch, uh, nobody's really nobody's box score really jumps out at me. Of course, Curry gives you five steals, seven assists, seven rebounds, and twenty six points, but that's kind of ordinary for him at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean he didn't. He had a good game. Draymond had a good game. He went what fifteen, sixteen rebounds, nine assists. You know, but that's how good that these Warriors have been. That you know Curry can go for twenty six, seven, seven, and five <laughs> steals, and we're like, yeah. You know, Draymond, 15 points, 16 rebounds, 9 assists. Man, no big deal. You know, it's not even it's not even a big deal for them. Um, the thing that I did take away from it, too, Klay Thompson didn't shoot really well, but he had been on fire for three or four games coming into this one. And then you look at it, he still took 19 shots in this game. So he didn't hit many. He didn't have a very good game. But it's encouraging to see that, you know, he, his role basically hasn't changed. He did the exact same thing he had been doing. You know, some nights the shots just don't drop. Same thing with John Wall. He only had eight points here, but he took 14 field goal attempts. So he's still trying to get his offense. He's still trying to put points up on the board. And he did add in 11 assists. You can never be mad about that. Something he does on a you know pretty consistent basis. And he is a good defensive player as far as fantasy stats go. He does get steals. He is athletic. He does get some blocks for you. And he rebounds well for a point guard. So, again, even John Wall having a bad game here, you know, not something I'm going to let stick to me. But look at this game, too. John Wall, best player on Washington, played 35 minutes. You know, Porter, 35 minutes. Beal, 31 minutes. You know, you're going to get big minutes out of these guys because they want to try to win all these games. And, you know, that's why they were able to hang in in this game as long as they did with Golden State. Because I think that they had more motivation to try to get a win here than Golden State did
3: sure Washington plays on this Wednesday they play Sacramento so look for them to bounce back good breakdown of all the games on Tuesday Benny I will say let's turn our attention over to DFS and of course we're going to do that with DraftKings you two can be a part of the action for the rest of the season I know baseball is coming up so maybe if you're uh, if you're feeling a little lost after NBA season ends, head over, play some MLB on DraftKings as well. Uh, challenge your friends in a custom league to prove you're the superior, jam, or square off against baseball fans from around the country for big prizes. All you got to do is go to DraftKings.com now enter promo code RotoWire or RotoHoops to play for free. Um, Benny, I will say... It's a bit frustrating. We've got about eight or nine games left for each team here, and this is the part of the season you you already alluded to it before, where you've got a lot of value plays kind of looming. Some of these announcements aren't even made until right before tip off that you're going to have somebody like Kevin Durant sit, or you know we knew quite a bit out about LeBron James uh, when the Kings rested Gay, Rondo, and Cousins. We knew I think you know within. And Ten hours of tip off, but sometimes it's it's just gonna you're just gonna get bit. And I will say it is nice on DraftKings you do have late lineup swaps, so that's an option. But uh, you know, what's your pulse on playing DFS at the end of the year? I don't want to say it's a crapshoot by any means, but I will say things definitely get chaotic.
1: Yeah, they get chaotic, and I think it also I think part of the the reason why you hear a lot of people saying like, man, you know, I was doing well all season, but I, I'm I'm getting killed in March, the way you build lineups later in the year starts changing as well. Exactly. As the reason, f- Yeah, like the reason for that is at the beginning of the season, I usually start the lineup build by trying to put the best value plays that I can find in there. Because at the beginning of the season, most of the time you got the same five guys rolling out there and the same six or seven or eight man rotation going out there. And all those guys are priced up to at least like the four and five thousand dollar level where you know what kind of production they're gonna give you. It's the production they've been giving you every night, you know, throughout the season. You adjust it a little bit for the matchups and, you know, boom, there you are. But now here at the end of the season, there are so many value plays, whereas at the beginning there's so few that you don't need to start by putting the value plays in there because you can always find another guy. There's four or five guys that are priced at forty five hundred or less every night that are going for seven, eight, nine times value. So Later on in the season, what I try to do is try to pick out the superstars or, or, or the higher-priced guys, the you know, 6K to 10K kind of guys that you absolutely have to have. Like You think that this guy's going to be the top scorer at the position and you need him because you can always fill out the rest of the lineup with some of these cheap value guys later on in the year because there are so many of them. I mean, we could sit here. Right now, we might only be able to name two or three at each position, but by the time all the injury news comes out at six thirty seven 7 o'clock, there's usually four or five $3,000, $4,000 options that you're deciding between as opposed to at the beginning of the year where there's only one or two of those guys and you're like, all right, well, I know I have to use this guy or that guy. You know, like even the other night at center, you had Kufis, you had Coley stein you had Salah Majri, You had like four or five guys that were priced at like 3500 or less, Boban, you know, and they all wound up putting up 25 to 35 points, so – you can always find the value guys late in the year. The hard part is figuring out which studs late in the year you want to have in your roster. You know, the guys that are motivated and are going to see the, you know, 35 to 45 minutes.
3: Yeah, let's put our money where our mouth is, uh, Benny. Let's, let's, Implement that strategy, looking at each position here on DraftKings. Before I do that, let me just plug our own website, RotoWire. Um, so, as Benny said, you know, you you can you can create kind of a skeleton lineup, and then right before lineup, just look and see. You can look at RotoWire and do our confirmed lineups page. We have all the projected lineups, and then we confirm them when they're confirmed by uh, credentialed media members and the teams themselves. So, uh, a, a resource like RotoWire is is certainly important this time of year when things, uh, you know, you get you get so the saliva who who sneak into the starting fives end up playing 35 minutes and they're incredibly lucrative and he's in your lineup and you wonder you know you know how did I not know about him? Well, you just got to check out websites like ours at rotowire.com um, to get that late breaking news. So let's do it, Benny. Let's let's uh, let's walk through tonight's slate of games. I will say not a lot of elite options tonight. So you know if we're looking at all the you know everybody we've got our Demarcus Cousins, Steph Curry, John Wall, Chris Paul, and then I guess you can throw Giannis. Into there technically, but other mm-hmm. than that, for a game or for a slate that has this many games, uh let's see, two, four, six uh what do i have eight games nine games tonight i'm surprised uh... yeah i'm surprised that there aren't as many elite options so uh like you said let's look at some of those top options pick some of the ones we think that we have to have in our lineup tonight and go from there using your strategy so steph curry demarcus cousins john wall chris paul Giannis. um do we need any of those guys in our lineup or do you think that we can find value elsewhere
1: well, I mean, there's a lot of value elsewhere, but that allows you to pay up for some of these guys. And let's face it, the reason why these guys are 10K is because they're usually the guys scoring 50 or 60. So to kind of keep in the theme of what we've been talking about throughout the show, you know, Washington is two or three games out of that last playoff spot in the East as well. They're in a good matchup against Sacramento. It's going to be a high-paced um, you know, high game. Both of these teams play pretty fast. 217 points, so a lot of points expected here. I think Washington's actually even favored here. Don't know if Cousins is going to be in in this game. I think he was still listed as questionable, but it looks like he's probably going to play too. So I think that you can definitely roll John Wall out here. I'm not, you know, like I said yesterday, yeah, he only had eight points, but he still took the same 14 shots that he normally does. He just wasn't hitting any of them. So if he has the, you know, the same role and is going to be getting that same kind of usage, double-digit assist, a chance for, you know, five to eight rebounds, always a chance for him to add some defensive stats. I have no problem paying up 10K for John Wall today. He's probably my favorite of all the superstars to roll out there.
3: All right, there we go. So um, fitting that you start at point guard. We'll go ahead and do that. Somebody I like a lot tonight is Brandon Knight. Um, Tell me if you believe this too, Benny. Revenge games are real in the NBA. And, of course, Brandon Knight used to play for Milwaukee, got traded. Um, I think that, you know – At this point in the year, you're always looking for motivating factors, like we talked about with the playoffs and whatnot. But throughout the year, I'm always looking for these revenge games. Now you can say what you want about NBA players dogging it through night in, night out, or you know they only get up for certain games in big markets. And I, I, you know, I think there's a hint of truth to that. But whenever they play former teams that you know, you know, got rid of them, technically they, you know, they didn't necessarily say I don't, we don't want you. But if you get rid of a player, you're saying "Uh, we don't envision you as you being part of our future that really grinds these guys gears and I think that tonight Brandon Knight will really stick it to the bucks at $7,300 it's a pretty solidly priced player that you could pair with really and you can go up or down Uh, if you want to pair him with a John Wall you're not really going to be burned too much because like you said there's lots of value plays that will sneak into our lineup uh, closer to lineup or closer to tip-off time
1: Yeah, I think um, he's been putting up some big games lately as well. And the thing that I like about him is he's playing a consistent, like, 35 minutes a game. You know, 32 to 38 is pretty much the range that he's been in. But he's been putting up 30, 40, 50 fantasy points every time he steps out on the floor. I don't think this is a particularly tough matchup for him. Uh, You know, the way Milwaukee's been playing lately, he probably draws, like, some Jared Bayless defense or something along those lines. You know, he should definitely be able to do it. It's going to be a high-paced game. You know they like to play fast with the sun, so I, I think he's a decent, uh, a decent option here today as well. I actually like him a little bit better than I like Rubio, who's somebody that everybody else is talking about at seventy-two hundred.
3: Yeah, I think I'll pass on Rubio. I mean, I tend to pass on him in general, but tough matchup against Chris Paul. I mean, Chris Paul is still one of the better guard defenders in this league. Say what you want about him. Um, you know, he's probably one of the more underappreciated, undervalued players in the league. He's still a superstar, but for whatever reason, hidden on the West Coast um, with the Clippers. It sounds funny to say he's hidden in Los Angeles, but uh, yeah. I think it's a product of how good Steph Curry is this year, where we're just not really giving much much thought to Chris Paul.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you, but I, I've always loved him. I mean, even back to you know his college days, he's been solid.
3: Yeah, fair enough. We'll keep it moving here over to shooting guard. Um, the hot hand right now, if we're going to stick with Phoenix... It's definitely Devin Booker, and he's only $6,700 tonight. And I'm not afraid to use both Brandon Knight and Booker in my lineup because last time they played, they each scored 30 points, 30 points on the court, not even 30 fantasy points. And so um, I don't think this is really a situation where you have to pick one or the other. I think you can feasibly roll them both out there. Is that something that you'd be willing to do tonight, or are you going to try to pick one or the other or maybe not go with either of the Phoenix Suns tonight?
1: yeah I'm honestly not as high on Booker as a lot of other people are today the matchup's not great it's not horrible either you know he'll probably draw some uh, some middleton defense on the other side you know I just think that he's getting a little pricey for me I don't really see him as a guy who's gonna get me 50 fantasy points and for a guy who's gonna I'm gonna pay 7K for that's really what you need out of it at the price that he's up to now and I think the other reason why I'm not so high on him is Goran Dragic missed the game the other day for Miami, and whenever Dragic is out, Wade's usage rate goes up like through the roof. So Wade had a big game the other day, and I think Dragic is still listed as questionable. So in my early lineups that I put together, you know, Wade is a guy at sixty five hundred who can give you fifty fantasy points. I mean, he did it in his last game, you know, in the same situation without a, uh, you know, Dragic in there. So. They play the Lakers, one of the best matchups for everybody all season long. The Lakers have, you know, one of the worst defenses in the league. So I think part of the reason why I'm not so high on Booker is that I'm really high on Wade tonight, you know, provided that Drogic is out. I think this is a great spot for him.
3: Yeah, Wade, $6,900 on DraftKings, certainly a good spot for him. You look at the NBA standings, that's kind of the theme of this show. And the Miami Heat are sitting right there at the four seed, but you look up, they're kind of they're basically tied with the Hawks. You look down, the Celtics and Hornets are both within one game. So a lot to play there still for Miami. Moving on to small forward Giannis, yes or no, Benny? That's that's a question I've had to ask myself quite often. His price, ninety or uh, yeah, ninety three hundred dollars on DraftKings. Um, essentially, he is one of the elite options. You already said that you'd rather go with John Wall, but looking at some of the other small forward options here, Kawhi Leonard is expected to come back tonight against New Orleans. You you fear for how many minutes he'll actually play. Gordon Hayward has a tough matchup against the Warriors. Rudy Gay has been hit or miss all season long. I look at these other small forward options, and I'm not sure where I want to go if I don't go with Giannis.
1: Yeah, I think that I think that Giannis is probably the best option that you have if you're going to pay up for. Now that we have the news about Porzingis being out too, it also makes me like Melo a little bit more. Uh, when Porzingis is out, he goes down and kind of plays a little more of the power forward role. Which usually helps his rebounding. And against Dallas, that's going to put him either up against Dirk Nowitzki or, you know, depending on how they decide to match up with him, he could wind up with like Dwight Powell or Charlie Villanueva on him at the power forward spot. So I think it kind of makes me like Mellow a little bit more here. Giannis had two pretty bad games in a row. And as much as I love him, I'm one of the biggest fans. You know, again, with him playing the point, it gives him a chance to get the assist to add to the the points and the rebounds that he always winds up getting but i think i would rather go with carmelo here mostly because you're getting like a thousand dollar discount on most sites if you come down from Giannis to carmelo and i think that carmelo in a pretty good spot as well here and uh, you know his game with dallas
3: yeah most definitely um let's move on to power forward um i want to look and see just to see Okay, Derek Williams actually is a small forward. So let's just linger at small forward. I know that when Porzingis is out, sometimes Derek Williams sees a lot of minutes depending on whether they want to run out Williams to keep uh, Carmelo at small forward. But based on what you said, right, uh, Benny, it seems like there's a whole lot of advantage to run the Car- Carmelo at power forward, meaning that Derek Williams might not see as many minutes just because um, it has a lucrative matchup. I I know I've gone Derek Williams' route before when Porzingis has been out, but, of course, you still have to look at the matchup. Only $3,200 for Derek Williams. Do you think that he's one of those value plays that we've been talking about, or am I uh, on the wrong path here?
1: No, he's definitely worth it, Um, especially in tournaments, because it is still a little risky. If you look at some of the games... He has had games where we expected him to be, oh, he's going to play 30 minutes. He's going to get, you know, 30 fantasy points for us. And he's gone out there and thrown up duds. But he also has had those games where he has thrown up that 30 fantasy points in, you know, 25 or 30 minutes. So I think he's one of the viable options. And it's actually a good bridge over to power forward because there's a couple guys in that same, you know, vein at power forward. A guy like Dwight Powell for Dallas in that same game going up against uh, the New York Knicks on the other side. You know, he's played about, he's up to about 25 to 28 minutes in his last couple games. Gave us uh, 30 something fantasy points in the last one, if I'm not mistaken. He had a big game. You know, the coach was talking about giving him more minutes and putting him more into the rotation. So he's another one of those guys. If you can get 25 to 30 fantasy points out of these guys that are 3,000 or 3,500, you know, you got a, a very solid game out of them and something that can help you. You know, save money to use at the other positions to go up and maybe pay for Giannis and John Wall or Demarcus Cousins and John Wall in the same lineup. And it seems to be the way that a lot of people have been getting some of these big scores lately.
3: Yeah, most definitely. Um, Now, Ve- the boys out in Vegas say that the Utah-Golden State game is only supposed to be four points in favor of Golden State. That tells me that we're going to have Draymond Green on the court for a large amount of minutes. We're going to have Steph Curry on the court for a large amount of minutes. Um, if you could only pick Curry or Green, which would you go tonight? Of course, Draymond Green is eighty one hundred dollars, which is a pretty good price point considering he averages forty three DraftKings points. Curry is ten thousand three hundred. So I think that you know I, I'm going to lean towards Green here, th- thinking that I can save some money and that both of those two players could have a similar output.
1: Yeah, I think I would probably go Draymond too. You got to think. Utah is a very good defensive team, and their games are usually lower scoring. And it's not that Steph Curry doesn't do other things besides score, but scoring is usually a big part of his overall you know, fantasy production. So I would prefer to use Curry in games that are going to be a little more up-and-down, fast-paced kind of games, because those are the games where he can put up 45 real-life points with you know eight or nine three-pointers and get the three-point bonus for you. And a game that will probably be a little bit lower scoring where – you want to rely more on guys getting steals and blocks and rebounds and, and assists in order to get their fantasy production, like this game should be against Utah, I think Draymond's the better guy to look at in that case. So I think I agree with you. I'll take the $2,000 discount and the uh, you know safer floor of the stat line stuffing that Draymond does versus uh, Steph, who's a little more scoring dependent.
3: All right, let's finish strong here at the center position. Hassan Whiteside is your most expensive center on DraftKings. I'm a bit of a loss here. Um, I think I'm only going to be using one center tonight simply because I don't really know who I want to go with. I mean, Rudy Gobert is enticing $5,600, but again, going up against the Warriors, a um, Carl Anthony Towns, tough matchup against the Clippers. He's $8,400. DeAndre Jordan uh, might be where I go. I think I'm either going to go DeAndre Jordan or Al Horford. Uh, Jordan is $7,900. Al Horford is, is $6,400. So I might try to save some cash with Horford, seeing that I think Horford has much upside tonight against Toronto as any other center on this slate.
1: Yeah, I actually think there's quite a few guys you can consider here. Okay. I like I like Carl Anthony Towns a lot. I mean, this is a guy who's putting up fifty fantasy points in four of his last six games. He has nine straight double doubles in a row. And he's going up against the Clippers. Now, I know DeAndre Jordan has a whole bunch of, you know, third team old defenses and and, and all this <laughs> stuff. But he's not he's not a good one on one he's not a great one on one defender. You know, he's a good guy coming off the ball on the side, weak side rebounding, getting a block shot. You know, he is athletic. He comes away with some steals. So he has good stats on paper, but guys have still been having good games against him. It's not like he's been shutting down opposing centers this season. So I'm not really too worried. And if you watch the way Minnesota uses towns, I mean, He's basically getting the ball all over the floor. They're running him off screens like he's Rip Hamilton. They're giving him the <laughs> ball in the post like he's Olajuwon. I mean, they're you know they're giving him the ball in the high post like he's Boogie Cousins and letting him take his man one on one or shoot jump shots. So they're they're putting the ball in his hands in so many different situations out there that it's not a surprise that he's playing as well or putting up the numbers that he's putting up right now. Um, I also don't hate Whiteside. My fear with Whiteside is when you use him at the end of the game. You know he comes off the bench, so he plays the end of the second quarter, usually the first six to eight minutes of the third quarter, and then does the same thing in the second half. In games that are close, he stays in and plays most of that fourth quarter, if not all of it, and he gets to 32, 33 minutes. In games that aren't all that close, he doesn't get that last final kind of rotation. They usually put somebody else in for him. And he only winds up with 26 or 28 minutes. Now, he's still been getting us 30 to 40 fantasy points in 26 to 28 minutes. But the games where he's going 40 to 50 fantasy points are the ones where he does get that last rotation and winds up playing 32 or 33 minutes. And there's a chance against the Lakers who are really that bad. I mean, what did the Lakers lose by last night? 50 almost?
3: Yeah, 48. It tied a franchise franchise worst.
1: Yeah, like if you're going to get a 48-point blowout with Miami, you know, I mean, those guys are going to wind up getting rested so that they're they're safe for the playoffs. So I, I don't know if I could use him. You know, Jordan I could see. I think that game's going to be up and down. It might even be bigger than the two twelve total. So I'm perfectly fine using a lot of guys on either side of that Clippers and uh, and Minnesota game. To be honest with you, but here's a couple other interesting options like Alex Len, Tyson Chandler is doubtful tonight with back spasms. So if he doesn't play, you're basically down to Alex Len, a banged up John Lohr, and Mirza Teletovic as the you know Teletovich as the um, three big guys that they have in, in Phoenix to roll out there. So you could see a game where you get 35 minutes out of Alex Len and again his price is down now from the 7k we had to pay for him a few weeks ago and the reason it got up to 7k was we saw that he can put up 35 45 fantasy points on a good game. So I think Alex Len is in play. I also think you can look at Alexis Zajinka. It's not something I really want to do, but at 3500 <laughs> There's only seven guys on New Orleans that are even gonna probably be dressed tonight. You got Frazier and Tony Douglas at the point. You got Babbitt. You got Cunningham, who's playing big minutes and not putting up any fantasy points with them. So don't fall into that trap. And then you have Asik, uh, Ajinka, and Jordan Hamilton. That's the that's their entire roster right now. They have seven guys that are active and are going to be playing. So, you know, I think that he's someone else you can look at. I'm not going to get crazy. People people always say, oh, well, they only got seven guys. You should just play them all. They're playing the Spurs. There's a very good chance they lose this game like 95-65, if they can even get to 65. Because with those seven names I just mentioned, I don't know where the fantasy production is going to be coming from.
3: The spread on that game is 19 points, by the way, which is absurd. It's absolutely absurd.
1: And honestly, I think I'd be fine laying the points. Like here, take yeah, nineteen. That's that's a steal. (laughs) Like like think about it. You're you're starting. Who are they going to be starting? They're starting Tony Douglas, Luke Babbitt, Dante Cunningham, Ajinka, and Asik. Is that their starting five?
3: Uh yeah, let me pull it up. Let's go to RotoWire's uh, projected lineups. We got Douglas, Babbitt, Cunningham, Ajinka, and Asik. Yeah,
1: right. Does anybody? not think the spurs could beat that team by 20? <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, no, you're completely right and it sounds like Leonard might be coming back, uh Duncan. They it sounds like the spurs might have a full lineup, but again, I'd be a little cautious to see, you know, how many minutes they will actually see uh, you know, see on the court, but uh no, you're right. I I mean, they could challenge that 48 point deficit that the the yeah. Lakers lost by a couple nights ago.
1: Yeah, and I think what you just said right there is the big thing that people should take away from this game as well is it's, a, it's very, very, very likely to get ugly. So, yeah, Duncan's active, Parker's active, Kawhi's active. All that means is that the Spurs have 11 guys that are active. If anybody thinks Popovich is playing any of those studs more than 25 minutes, if he doesn't have to at this point in the season, you're crazy. So keep Kawhi off your roster. Keep LaMarcus off your roster. Definitely don't use Duncan today. I wouldn't use Parker today. You know, I think the entire Spurs team is going to play 18 to 25 minutes, and I don't think you're going to get a huge game out of anybody.
3: All right. Good stuff as always, Benny. I think uh, we'll, we'll shut her down on this Wednesday. Look forward to uh, talking to you next Wednesday. Thanks so much for joining us here on this RotoWire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, Wednesday edition.
2: It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust.